start my radio show. Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. Jack, I'm so glad the intro worked. Yay! We have got another really great... Finally, we have got another really great show lined up for you guys today. We are, I am Gina Gaudio-Graves, your co-host, and we have got Jack Humphrey, my partner in crime, the Associate Dean of Directions University, my co-founder in TheLeveragists.com, and my co-founder in Divisio, the all-new affiliate network for people in all niches. And we've got one of our really good friends joining us on the show today. Jack, I'm going to let you tell everybody all about him. Well, I'm going to read about him, but it's really funny because it's Ken, right? We all know Ken. Everybody knows Ken, and if you don't know Ken, you're getting getting ready. You're just about to. So let me give you a little background. Ken Krell's been teaching people from all over the world some incredibly powerful ways to create wealth, prosperity, and happiness in their lives. Ken is the founder and executive director of the Institute for Totalpreneurship, where he helps entrepreneurs create incredible lifestyle-friendly businesses. His latest venture is in the business services arena with iBoostify SmartMail and SiteWrap software and the Content Leverage Lab, service that provides <laughs> yeah, let me do that again. Content Leverage Lab, that service that explodes the influence and reach of his clients across the web. Ken actually practices what he preaches. He lives a lifestyle that has allowed him uh, to live in some pretty exotic places, from the island of St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands to Central America. He's created a life of fun and adventure. Today he's coming to you from his home in Bangkok, Thailand, and he's going to help you make more money and have more fun faster and easier than you may have ever thought possible. How's that, Ken? And welcome. Oh, man. Well, Jack, it was really awesome. That was the best introduction I've ever gotten in my life. Thank you very much. Am I still on? <laughs> Hello. Well, do we have everybody back or not? I'm back. I think Ken's got a really bad connection. I, I hear oh, he sound. sure does. I thought we had this Bangkok-Thailand connection down pat. I thought so, to too. <laughs> he always comes through loud and clear on his stuff. Why can't he come loud and clear on ours? No fair. I don't know. Well, Ken may have to call back in. Ken, you may have to call back in. He's probably calling back in. 
in the meantime... Yes, in the meantime. So I'm sure that everybody listening has picked up a copy of the Leverage Black Book because I'm sure you've not only done that, but you've already read it maybe twice, and you, you've printed it out, and you've dog-eared the copy that you've got, and you've highlighted everything like crazy. I'm absolutely sure all of these things have transpired since three weeks ago when we launched it, I think it was. But if you haven't yet, go to theleveragists.com, leveragists with an S, dot com, the leveragists, and get your copy. And get yourself some leverage, because why wait? <laughs> why wait well, let's see and do all of the long, long stuff? We got him back? Did he get you back? Okay. Did we get you back? Well, it says he's back. Oh, that's frustrating. You know what we do? I could call him on my cell. I think. Let's see. If Skype is downloaded, I could. Let's see, let's see. I'm in the middle of a factory reboot. And no, Skype is not downloaded yet, Ken. Gosh darn it. I'm going to go download it real fast. Because then he can call me on my phone and I can three-way him in. My phone today, Jack. What a time to have a factory reboot going. Yeah, right? (laughs) Well, it got to the point where it just wouldn't do anything. So, fact, uh, let's see if he's back now. Can you hear me now? Let, can you guys hear me we now? We can hear you now. Ta-da. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> that was a great introduction. was a great introduction, Jack. I mean, it, I, honestly, I couldn't have been any better than if I wrote it myself. <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna leave that in. I'm gonna leave that me talking to myself about how great that introduction was in. That's gonna have to stay. I think. I think you can keep it all because reality works. That's how we leverage. That's how we leverage relationships <laughs> is by letting reality show up. So. <laughs> yeah. So. So well, good. I'm glad we're together. Well, you gotta yeah, start so, him with your favorite question, Jack. Yeah, I want to hear the answer to this question. What got you out of bed this morning? What typically gets you fired up to wake up every day? What are you working on? Uh, I have, I have to pee. <laughs> all right, cool. there's a biological function to that. That's an <laughs> assumption we all make. So, well, you know, it, that's what gets me out of bed. No, um, I, I have so much that that we're doing. I mean, it, it, every day is kind of a different, a different. Um, uh, a, a different adventure. I mean, right now, we've, we, as you mentioned in the intro, we've launched um, Abuse Device SiteWrap and Abuse Device SmartMail, um, and actually relaunched SiteWrap. So, to me, the, the, the jumping out of bed is, is a combination of what do we have to get done today, what do I choose to get done today, um, and what can and how many more people can we serve today? So it's really it's really a lot of fun. And then, of course, who else can hassle like you, or, you know, or anyone else for that matter, you know. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's it's. I think it's having it's having something important to do is the biggest thing for for jumping out of out of bed. Um, although I, I got to tell you candidly that with, with a lot of late nights that I do here in Thailand, 
getting out of bed in the morning is sometimes not that easy. It's like, oh, can I please sleep another hour? Uh, but I run, <laughs> living, living here in Asia, I run like double shifts because uh, I, I, I have the daylight, so I'm used to working during the day, but then at nighttime, it's you guys in the States. So I'm, I'm talking to you guys at night, and sometimes I'm going to bed at 2, 3 in the morning. Which or later, which Ariana Huffington would would argue is colossally stupid. So uh, oh yeah, because anyway, of her new book that, and all. What, <laughs> yeah, she's she is on a she's a woman on a mission, and I agree with her. Sleep is really important, and sleep. My my trainer, I go to the gym every day, and um, I've got a trainer who constantly yells at me about um, what the body needs in terms of repairing itself. And if you want to leverage your health uh, among everything else, you damn well better take care of your health. So uh, that's that's a really important thing. So yes, yeah, so so one of combination. one of the things I make fun of in the in the book uh, is uh, something I saw on Facebook in one of the one of the big groups that probably a lot of people here belong to, and uh, a guy came in and started asking. So I want to pull. I've been pulling 17 hour days, and I want I want to know what you guys do for biohacking. I want to know what your nootropics <laughs> schedule is, your regimen for you know, all of this stuff to hack the sleep out of his life. That's what he was, that's what he was doing. He was proud of it. And then a whole bunch of people came in, and every once in a while somebody would say, that's stupid. And then most of the people said, way to go, you know, because that's what we've gotten out of what Anthony Robbins and all those guys have said, which is not what Anthony Robbins has ever said, is, uh, you know, you work and you, you, you worship at the altar of hard work. And anybody who comes in and just shows off that says, I've been moving, set, pulling 17 hours straight, you know, getting a little bit of sleep, coming back and doing it again. And, and everybody's like, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, oh, how much did you do? How much did you get done? Did you make any sales? And they're like, crickets. It's like, <laughs> it's yeah. like wait a minute, yeah. we're not here to just work, right? And you don't do that. I mean, everything that you do is leveraged. You I, you. You might pull some long hours, but the amount of stuff you seem to get done in the hours that you – is far, far more than the average person just because you've always been uh, a leveragist from, from, since the time I met you. You've always had um, very strategic ideas about how to get an awful lot done, how to pull in help when you need it, not doing everything yourself. Um, what's, your, what's your favorite part of being a leveragist? What's the – What's the big deal for you? Um, it's because I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> because I don't want to have to work. Well, no, actually, it, to be serious. You're the hardest working lazy person I've ever met. You've got to work hard to be lazy. I've got to tell you. I mean, you really do. It's, it's work to be lazy. Uh, no, you know, I, I, it's funny. I, I got really clear about this. I was doing a webinar a while ago, and I, it something just flashed to me, a, a deja vu of the past. When I first got started in the real estate business many years ago, I mean a lot of years ago, uh, way, way back before Al Gore invented the Internet, um, I, I knew I was breaking into a, a very big market. I was in Philadelphia, Center City, Philadelphia, and here I was like 23 years old, 24 years old, and um, I, I wanted to be a real estate agent and, and recap you know, and rekindle my, my, uh, uh, my economics. I just went through a bankruptcy. And... How, how could I enter this marketplace and make a name for myself and make a dent in there without any money, without any credit? I couldn't run any advertising. Um, no one knew who I was. I mean, how could I do this, especially when I was recovering from a total disaster? 
Uh, and what I recognized was, why don't I just, and I don't, don't know, I don't know where this idea came from, whether someone gave it to me or whether it was organic, but I called one of the local newspapers, and they did not have anybody doing a real estate column at all, yet they had real estate advertising. So I said, how about if I do a real estate column for you um, every week or every other week? Uh, and they said, miraculously, they said yes. And so my column called On Real Estate ran for a few years. And uh, it was interesting, too, because uh, it was phenomenal leverage for me. I mean, it fed me for years, for as long as I had the column playing, because one article that I wrote, called that a blog post in today's vernacular, one column that I wrote could reach thousands of people. And, and I was able to craft it intentionally but unintentionally, talking about my clients, talking about different things. And because I was talking about my clients, I was able to uh, inspire people to recognize that, hey, he's got clients. I could be one of them. And so my phone rang when I needed the business, and it was, it was terrific. It was total leverage. So I did not have to place any advertising. I did not have to go door-to-door and do any kind of cold calling. All I did was I wrote one article every other week. And by the way, after a couple of weeks, I got a phone call from them, and they said, we have a problem. And I said, well, what's that? And they said, we have to pay you. And I said, oh, well, it's a terrible problem. No, no worries. <laughs> here's, here's it to make the check payable to. And so <laughs> I got paid for it as well. And it's absolutely true. So that's what got me started. And, and even in today's marketplace, Jack, it's the same idea. I mean, yeah, you can run, you know, we, we, with Content Leverage Lab, we, we help people leverage their, their content. A few pieces of content we, we repurpose into many pieces of content and, and, and put it all over, the, all over the web. Same idea. I mean, the technology's changed, but it's the same concept. Now there's just a bigger universe to market to. Uh, and another way of leveraging in today's marketplace, I'll, I'll tell you, we did a similar thing. When I, um, I, I was doing real estate trainings all over the U.S. and Canada for, uh, for the Russ Whitney people. I was one of their senior trainers. And when I left Whitney, I was a nobody. While I was with them, there was usually a waiting list for my classes because, well, I, I, was, I was great. <laughs> I mean, everyone loved to come and see Ken. <laughs> so, so, you know, not to pat myself on the back of my book, Mar, I'm doing that yesterday. But the point is that I was, I was like a star within that universe. But outside that universe, I was a nobody. Back to the same question. How do I take the lack of anyone knowing who Ken is and leverage that? Uh, so what I did was I found 10 people that were, were known inside the real estate investment training business online, and I invited them to, to, to be interviewed by me. And we, we actually did webinars together, a webinar series. We called it um, Real Estate Investing something. I forget now what I called it. Uh, but we ran one a week for 10 weeks. And I built a list. I built a name. Um, I, I jumped in and I interviewed them a little bit to let them do their presentations. But I knew a lot more than a lot of those guys because I'd been tr- doing real estate for decades. But yet I was unknown. So by associating myself with people that had that expert power, I gave myself that expert power by choice. And I leveraged. I had no list, right? I, had, I couldn't get a list of my own while I was working for somebody else. So I had none of those assets. So I was able to leverage their list, their expertise, and build everything from that point. And we did it over and over and over again. From um, uh, we did it in the in the investment business. We did it for World Cairo Conference. We did it for World Love Week. We've done it. That's been one of the biggest things for me to get me known outside of my of my little 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 sphere. So for anyone that's listening, 
if you're if you're living in a cabin in the middle of the woods and never get out anywhere, you know, and Amazon brings you your food, you can still do this on a virtual basis. Same idea. Well, it's almost as if you've read the book. That's so funny well, that these things happen because a lot of the people that we pull examples from, um, you know, just naturally came into it. Like you were forced into a certain situation where you had no choice but to use leverage, right? The especially poignant point was you couldn't build your own list because you were kind of restricted. You had to use their list. And, what are, you know, I'd say a lot of good things that sound like great things came of that, but I think probably the most important and biggest thing, maybe you'll agree, <laughs> is that from that point on you knew what leverage was because you were forced to see it. Your eyes were open to it because you had no other choice. There was nothing else you could do but use leverage. And I think a lot of people, without that, without being pushed, without being um, in a situation where there's nothing else available to them, uh, if they're too comfortable, they'll just keep working on their logo and their website and their next epic blog post and, and all that stuff and avoid um, what is really going to get them down the road a lot, lot faster like it did for you. And it seems like that was a that was the, the catalyst for how you began to just see everything as leverage. Is that true? Yeah, it's, it's organic, I think, and, it, and it's also, I think, how a lot of us are wired. It's interesting that you mention that because I'm, I'm looking over behind me at Damon John's book called The Power of Broke, and it's, I look at the book, and I got it that was given to me during uh, the Traffic and Conversion Summit, and um, the, the fun thing about it is Damon talks about the ingenuity that comes from being broke. When you're broke, you have to make choices that a, a company flush with cash doesn't have to make. I mean, so, for example, uh, doing a newspaper article, for example, came from I had no money to advertise, so what can I do? It's, you know, it's all guerrilla marketing. Uh, and that's really a fundamental piece of creativity, which makes business also fun and, and less boring as well, right? So that's the wiring. Um, and it continues to this very day. We're launching a podcast uh, for Infusionsoft customers that will help us build our, our reputation within the Infusionsoft community as we launch our smart mail software. Um, so it's a great way to get known in that community, once again, leveraging the expertise and the lists and the contacts of others that are better connected than us because I'm still a nobody in that marketplace. So it's the exact same idea, Jack. And, and everybody can do this because – Everybody has their own unique personality, except well, maybe you. So, so uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, <laughs> I had to go there. So, so the thing is that 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 you know, you can't. Nobody can do you but you. You know, you're already taken, so they can't. You can't copy anybody else. They're taken. So, by having your personality and having your own individual weirdness, you know, guide the the, the content. It makes it makes everything that you do unique. I mean, tr obviously, you don't want to copy every everything that other people do, but modeling some of the basics gives you some framework to work with, and then do your own your own stuff. Um, and that's really important because people will 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 uh, gravitate to you because they can identify with you because again, you're different. People people gravitate to Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, because he just says what he means and he and he's genuine and. You know, you may not love all the f bombs that that he puts across the stage, but his message is fantastic. There are people that don't like my some of my videos. I do a lot of videos in the pool, and I do them strategically because I want to demonstrate number one the lifestyle of, of living the way you want. So I do I do a lot of videos in the pool, 
Uh, and I'm not skinny dipping when I'm in the pool. I'm wearing a bathing suit, but there are those that are offended because they say I'm supposedly nearly naked. Well, last I checked, being in the pool, you know, the bathing suit, you are nearly naked. You don't swim in a three piece suit. <laughs> but there are those people that don't appreciate that. And to them, I say, well, get a life, you know. Um, you, you know, at the end of the day, you can't reach everybody. So be my, my, my pontification right now is to be who you are, uh, utilize the personality that, that the, good, the good Lord gave you, um, and, and, you know, be your own um, – uh, your own person, you know, be your own personality, because that's what's going to get the people to watch and listen to you, and that's how you'll get your followers. Oh. And find if they it's, don't like it's you, almost like it's almost like in the explaining of it, it ruins it for some people. They take it the wrong way, and I've watched people hear things like this, and it's okay to talk about these things because you need to know what's going on, but you immediately need to get back to business and and doing your passion, right? So you brought up Gary Vaynerchuk, and he drops F-bombs and everything else. He doesn't care, and he's really, he's really quite offended at, uh, by people always bringing that up. He's offended more, I think, than the people who are offended by his F-bombs because they're totally freaking missing the point, and he's passionate, <laughs> and he wants to do something. He's got a mission to accomplish in this world. And people keep stopping him and saying, hey, could you stop dropping F-bombs? While he's trying to change the world, that gets incredibly frustrating. And he doesn't understand why everybody's talking about his delivery because he's not really trying – he's not thinking about delivery. He's just thinking about getting the word out. And everybody keeps stopping and tripping him up. And you could fall into the trap of being too self-aware, taking a little selfie pic of yourself as you walk around the Internet and do webinars and interviews and things like that. And that's not how passionate people walk around. They're completely unaware of their surroundings or mostly, I mean, at least mostly, they just want to get the message out there. And if you've got something to say and you want to change some piece of the world with a product or service or, or whatever it is that you do, then if you're really truly passionate about that, I'd say that you wouldn't be so self-aware as to constantly try to be somebody else Constantly listen to other people who say you ought to do it this way or you ought to do it that way. You can't even hear those people if you're on a mission of passion. And I just started writing an article on the leverages yesterday. I have to finish it, uh, but I passionately started it, and it was talking all about that issue. It's, it's really quite weird how people, um, they, they hear advice from experts like you, and then they take it completely the wrong way. And, and they start to be too self-aware, so they immediately go out, and you can see with a grimace on your face them being something that they're not. Ken says, I need to be weird, so I'm just going to go crazy. It's not what you meant by that. Everybody has their own uniqueness and their own, and it can be funny, and it can be whatever, but it needs to be whatever you are comfortable being with your friends at home or associates or whatever, however you act is how you ought to act. And then it shouldn't be acting at all. And I see a lot of people get really tripped up on that. And, uh, and if you're on a mission, and you, you can't even be thinking about that stuff. So it's very easy to tell when somebody is just really out there. And these are typically the most passionate people, the most successful people that you'll run into. They're just out there getting the word out about something they're extraordinarily excited about. And they'll do it with F-bombs, they'll do it with weirdness, they'll do it with whatever they – but they're not consciously aware every single waking moment of how they're delivering stuff. So if you take advice from somebody you know, about stage presentation and things like that, 
it gets really bad the first time you get up on stage after somebody's told you all the things you should do because now you're hyper aware of all those things that they said you've got to stand like this and use your hands and you got you know you can have facial hair you don't have facial hair people like it when you do this you don't do that and all of a sudden it's like learning to type the right way for a while you're going to type a lot slower than when you <laughs> were you know hunting and pecking right and I think that's a really important message that people understand so that when somebody like Ken says, hey, you ought to do this, you ought to, and everything you said was absolutely right, but I want everybody to take it the right way, what Ken really meant instead of, ah, yeah, he says i got to be like this, so I'm going to go pretend. It makes me really uncomfortable. I'm sure nobody can tell that I'm extraordinarily uncomfortable talking right now, doing it the way Ken or some other expert said, and that's not what the experts tell you. They tell you to be natural. You can't fake that, and it's easier to do that when you're really on some sort of a mission. Wouldn't you agree, Ken? Yeah, it's true. And, you know, at the end of the day, it, 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 and, and this may come with age because I, when I was a lot younger, I was always concerned what people thought about me. I mean, that drove me. And as I've reached um, AARP membership age, uh, I'll leave it at that. I think I discovered that it's like if you don't like it, well, you know, you're not paying my mortgage, you're not paying my rent, you're not buying me dinner. So get the hell out of my way. And I think all of us need to operate that way. And, you know, and we're talking about leverage here, but I think at the end of the day, Jack, if people don't recognize the skills that they've got and the uniqueness that they've got, you can't leverage anything. You've got to, I mean, as we're doing this, I'm actually looking over some presentations I've got that I've done in the past because you got me thinking a little bit. I'm looking at at some some content that I created back in 1985. Um, I mean, oh my gosh, 1985. I've been writing since then. And, and I can tell you that there's some stuff I wrote in the Philadelphia paper that got some people very upset. Luckily, like no, no death threat stuff, but there was a lot of controversy that I created just by virtue of, number one, I was young, um, and, and number two, I can be kind of you know, on the edge sometimes, uh, and I'm, I'm opinionated for sure. Uh, but that got the conversation started. That created a, a result that people got to know who I was. So yeah. if you're going to try, if you're going to try and be all things to all people, you're, you're, then you're definitely nothing to everybody. And so you've got to be. Maybe I wouldn't necessarily say you got to be edgy, but if you're an edgy style, then then thrive in your edgy style. You know, and that's important. I mean, each of you guys have your own personality. Gina's Gina's more. Um, the mom, the, the, the loving, caressing, hug seat lady, um, and, uh, and, and you're much more, um, you're, you're along the same lines. You're both very, very loving, and I show my love in a different way. I'm a, I'm a lot edgier, um, and when we've done our things together, the three of us, I'm, you know, I'm kind of the, the, the guy at the edge, and you're the guys that, are like, you know, bring them back in after I, like, give them a tough love, uh, and that's important <laughs> stuff, you know? You know, you know, and Everybody's got to, that, somebody has to pull your finger before you start the webinar and stuff. Yeah. It's fun, know? though. So, I mean, and people are taken yeah, aback yeah. by that, but it's also refreshing because everybody knows people like um, the people that they like, the people that they're hearing. It's like, ah, I can associate with him. I have a, I have a cousin like him. He's always making me laugh, always funny. And I remember the things he tells me because there's always something, there's an anchor attached to it. It's not just bland, you know. And that's why people yeah. like to hang out with each other, right? That's, how, that's one of yeah, the reasons yeah. you choose to hang out with somebody. They push your buttons and you push theirs, and that's what we're here to do. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing too, is that, is that if you're coming from sincerity and you're coming from, 
from a clear intention of helping other people, you can tell people to, you know, anything, and they'll say thank you. I mean, you can beat the hell out of them, and they'll say thank you. You can drive them to tears, and they'll say thank you because they know you're coming with integrity, and behind that is, is, a, is a real caring for who they are. You know, so, so that's really, really important to do, too. I mean, you've got to, if, especially for those of us that have, have, have um, been doing the coaching business and doing, and doing consulting and mentoring and so on. Uh, you know, we got to say some things that you'll sometimes that's like, listen, your website that you put all this money into sucks. You know, I can, I can, I can milk code it or I can tell it to your bottom line. Throw it away and start over again. If you want to make money, that's what it's going to take. And sometimes it's, it's, that's the best way to set people free is to, like, tell them the truth. Um, so how do you leverage all this? How do you take your expertise and take your uh, passion and bring it out into the world that other people can utilize without having to work so darn hard? And, yes, I would normally use, use the full spelling of that word uh, rather than the, the milk toast version. <laughs> Uh, you mis- but, you misspelled uh, that word. <laughs> I did. It really is. You know, it is. Now we've already. The moment's already passed. So I'll, I'll save it for next time. Uh, it's funny. I, I was I was in Phoenix recently, and I was I was listening to, to Vaynerchuk actually on the stage at Infusionsoft's conference called InfusionCon, and you know he, it was a packed house. Everyone seems to love Gary, and he's on the stage, and I had seen him just before uh, as real Gary. You know, Gary with every other word is, is the f bomb. And at Infusionsoft, they did not really want him to perform that way. So as he's on stage, he's, he's watching his language, and he said, he's obviously said, this is really hard for me. <laughs> and everyone laughed because they knew, because the elephant in the room was, they knew this is who Gary is, you know. Uh, and he was respectful of where he was, which is kind of cool. So, you know, definitely being who you are, but look at, look at what skill sets you've got. You know, leverage, the idea of leverage is, is to is to is to move big amounts of of uh, content or or uh, distance with very little. So you know, leveraging a car, for example, like the, like the electric car, requires a little bit of energy to move it really far. You know, and getting that little head start and pushing a car down, you know, to get it moving gets it going. That first rep at the gym, you, you leverage that because the second rep, believe it or not, easier. So you've got, to, you've got to start, and that's the biggest leverage you can do is leverage yourself and say, whoa, wait a minute. We're going to start. We're going to get our ass out of bed. We're going to go to the gym. You know, we're, going to, we're going to tie up, put our sneakers on, and, and get out of the house. That's how you move forward, one step at a time. Putting that real estate column together you know, set everything in motion for me. Doing, doing the, um, the, uh, the webinar series set everything. Jack, we wouldn't be here right now if I didn't do – that, that um, Pizza and Profit Summit, because I was on the marketer's cruise. I met Andrea Wolf. Andrea said, you've got to talk to Gina Gallia of Raves. I said, who? And Gina called me, and we, we hit it off, obviously, and, and we become lifelong friends. And then you entered everything, you know. Um, so, you know and, and I screwed that, everything up. <laughs> I'm telling you. you know? Yeah. So, you know, but we would not have met. And by the way, just as, a, as an FYI, I have something that I, I can't get up from my chair here, but I have something on my dining room table. Uh, do me a favor, hand me, hand me that from the table over there. I've got I to gotta read you the data of this thing. This will be a deja vu for you about how you leverage something, the white paper. The white, that's it. Thank you very much. Okay, here we go. So I'm looking at something that is, that, uh, is dated April 27, 2008, the 60-day social marketing plan by Jack Humphrey for Authority Site Center. Does this ring any bells to you, cowboy? 
Yeah, uh, I hadn't heard about that since then, but yeah, that rings a bell. I brought this thing to Thailand with me. It's been sitting right in front of me. I can't believe it. So, (laughs) you know, but I wouldn't, so there's this Jack Humphrey guy. I wouldn't have met you if it hadn't been from the leveraging of that event and having Andrea say to me, hey, you got to meet Gina. So you never know how leverage is going to play out. You just never know. But unless you start, unless you do something, I can guarantee that nothing will happen, right? So that's the biggest – I wouldn't be in the software business if it wasn't for, again, for leveraging that because the the, the bottom line behind SiteWrap was that Gina called me up one day and said, hey, here's something I'd love to get done. You think you guys can do it? And, you know, of course, my, my usual word is yes, and we created it. So that's changed a whole bunch of things, and now we're doing, doing all sorts of great software uh, and different types of things that other, other people don't want to do. So if you have an idea, dear listener, uh, test it. Go out and do something with it. And, and if it means you need to joint venture with somebody else and leverage someone else's list uh, and use their expertise and, and, and leverage their creativity because you think you don't have enough of your own, then go do that. Because there's more power in, in a collaboration than there is by doing it just yourself. It's so really – it's really that simple. Go I'm going to play devil's advocate and ask you and see what your answer is to this. But aren't we just being too cute by using the word leverage when – doesn't it sound an awful lot like – and can't this word encompass everything about leverage, networking? Doesn't that just cover it all? Why do we have to force the word leverage on everybody if if it sounds like that all we're really talking about is networking, what do you say? But we're not. We're not. It, that it, it, I, you know, part of it you can also say you're using other people too. Uh, networking is lovely, but networking. Here's the thing: you go to a, you go to a meeting and you're networking, and what all networking is is getting to know who other people are. That's not that's not enough action. Leveraging is is having a specific um, purpose for what you're doing with a specific outcome that you're trying to achieve. Networking to me is, is sort of the, the BS cocktail hour that, that frankly drives me crazy. Uh, I have, I, 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 it does. I, I have to tell you, I, I, I have such hard, a hard time with it. If I have a purpose, I can stay with a purpose. But if I go walk into a meeting and, and we're just networking, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Uh, I, I'm trying to look for some common element of something that, something that I can have a purpose with. If I don't have a purpose, I am lost. And maybe that's a weakness of mine, and it probably is to some degree. But everything for me is, is I think, strategic. And that's the difference between, I think, networking and, and leveraging. You know, being a leveragist means that you operate with strategy and intention. That is a very so, – wow. I, I, pro- I would have never been able to put it that way. That's perfect. Really, the bridge between networking and leverage is strategy then. Um, so I, I would rather use the word intention. Um, strategy, yes, for sure, but intention because there's something you want to achieve. The reason that I created the, my real estate column years ago was because I needed to get my name out there. I wanted to impact as many people in the community as quickly as I could with as little work as I could, so that's what I did. Uh, if I was going to um, – uh, another way I did it was I got on a platform. I, I started speaking at conferences and events because, again, I could reach bigger audiences. Look, I'm doing leverage right now. I'm talking on, on Blog Talk Radio, a multinational platform to millions of people that watch and listen to your show. You know? And I'm sitting here in my, in my condo in Bangkok uh, wearing a bathrobe. 
You know, I mean, that's leverage. So it's, it's intention of creating that result. So I wouldn't say, I mean, strategy is part of the intention for sure, but I'd rather use the word, um, I'd rather use the word intention. Okay, well, I want to switch gears here. I love the intention thing. That's a much better clarification, and I'm glad you put that out there because I think we, I think there, I sense there might be some confusion out there that people were trying to go, oh, well, they're just trying to, um, you know how people make up new words and then they own them on the web and then like stupid things like inbound marketing. That, that was just a completely contrived thing by the guys at HubSpot <laughs> to have a new term that they could totally rank on everywhere in the world. That, that term, and Rome, that term leads to HubSpot. <laughs> Everybody right. uses right. it now, but, but they own it. And it's, it's, it's nice to have that clarification because it really is a deeper, it's really is a deeper thing. But I wanted to switch gears and say you have a very particular tool that you're using. You talked about your software, and uh, the one with Infusionsoft sounds awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in hearing more about SiteWrap. We've worked with this before. Um, and if anybody wants to know uh, what I'm talking about, you can go to joindu.com slash SiteWrap, W-R-A-P. And, uh, and while Ken is talking about this, but this is really leverage, right? I mean, there's like 16 ways that this is leverage that I've counted before, and I wanted you to tell everybody about it um, just to prove the point that you really do in everything that you, uh, in everything that you work with, uh, focus on leverage. So what does this tool do? Oh, wow. Um, so SiteWrap was created for a lot of reasons. Number one, what we wanted to do is we wanted to take advantage of the fact that people were coming inbound marketing, coming to your website, and we wanted to keep them <laughs> on your website. So we wanted to, to, to leverage the marketing dollar that you were spending and the marketing efforts uh, when people get to your website, now what? Now, most bloggers will, will write an article or write a blog, just like my column in the newspaper back in you know, 1980, blah, 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 blah. Um, and in that, they'll, they'll put courtesy links, like because of blah, blah, blah said, and then there's a link to blah, blah, blah's website. Well, once they click that link, they're gone. They left your website. So while you're being a nice guy providing uh, a, an external link, what you did was you shot yourself in the arm and you lost the customer. Um, and frankly, they're not going to come back because we all suffer from short attention span theater, right? So what SiteWrap does is it allows you to send people to that website but keep them on your own site with your own brand. And so it keeps people on your site longer, which makes Google happy. It gives people the content that they want to have, which makes them happy. Um, and your branding is associated, by the way, with those external links as well. So now you have the authority of being attached to that other wisdom. So you'll very frequently see my branding of iBoostify.com or Teleprinter.com or whatever attached to the leveragists or attached to DU or attached to uh, Seth Godin or whoever else because what I'm doing is I'm putting their website inside of my own, Sandy Richard Branson. So that's a huge way of, of accomplishing uh, the ability to keep, time, keep people on your website longer, which Google loves, and then that gives you massive amounts of, of play there. Uh, it gives you the ability to lead, to lead with authority, really important. We, we talk a lot about that. But just like you know, how people take pictures with them next to a celebrity, I used to think that was really tacky, but it's really strategic because if you are, are standing next to, whether it's the president or whether it's the ambassador or the mayor or, or even uh, you know, pick your favorite movie star, you're cool. 
in people's eyes, in some people's eyes. So when you do that, and if you can't do that because you don't hang out in environments where it's possible, then you do it online with having your header or your branded header um, attached to someone else's content below it, for example. So that's what SiteRap does in a nutshell on one level, which to me is the big leverage level. The other things that, that come from it are stupendous. For example, uh, it, as an affiliate marketer, what we mostly will do is we get our affiliate link, and sometimes we cloak it so people don't know what the affiliate link is, um, and as far as our sophistication goes. So we send someone on a link to go to whatever the website, ClickBank, JVZoo, or whatever, whatever the, the link takes you to. But when you send them to someone else's website, you lose the customer. You don't have the ability to retarget them. You don't have the ability to, to capture any leads from, from the advertising that you ran to get that lead because, again, they didn't come to you. They went straight to that, to that URL. Uh, what SiteWrap does is allows you to put that affiliate offer on your website too. So you can give them the ability to join your list. You can give them the ability to get the free report that you've got or the free video that you've got or whatever that, that ethical bribe is that you've got. So effectively, we're, mo- we're maximizing the impact, okay, we're maximizing the impact of your marketing dollars. Is that leverage? I'd say it is. So leverage is also another way of maximizing the impact of what you're spending. You're getting the most bang for the buck. You're squeezing the last drops of toothpaste out of that toothpaste tube, right? Yeah. So those, those are some of the things that SiteWrap does, and we packaged it into something that's so elegantly simple to use, Jack, as you know, because you use it all the time, um, that it, and, and we made it fun. And it's interesting because I, I didn't set it up and make the, make the, the interface up to be fun. There's like no no pop-ups with people laughing or anything. It's just the ability to know that you're doing stuff that nobody else is doing out there uh, and, and that you're getting an extra edge is just fun. It just makes life better. And um, everyone that wraps their pages loves the experience. So uh, it's not So let me, let, me draw, let me draw a yeah. picture of it and see if I can do it, if I do it correctly or correct me where I get it wrong, but I want people to picture what's going on here. Because we usually do this on a webinar <laughs> and yep. people can yep. see what you're talking about. So there's a lot of different ways. I'm only picking one, but the one that I that I can talk about the best is if I'm sending somebody to an affiliate offer. And I have a couple of questions after this too because I'm I just came up with something I know you've already thought of and I want your feedback on it. But so I want to send somebody to Frank Kern's new thing or whoever, just fill in the blank, whoever's big in your niche. And I do that and I give them a link that's actually the leveragist.com. It's not frankkern.com or frankkernsaffiliateprogram.com or whatever. It's the leverages and then uh, forward slash Frank's thing. And, uh, and, and it goes and it opens up the leverages, and at the top of the page is all kinds of opportunity for us. This is where the leverage happens, right? The top of the page and the URL bar say that you're still on the leverages.com. And the top could be um, if you emailed somebody – and this is where the link originated and said, I'm giving away a $600 value bonus to everyone who goes and gets Frank Kern's thing. Um, just click here. And it's a reminder right there on the page, at the top of the page, a bar that goes across the top, uh, a frame that has the uh, don't forget to get your bonus or some sort of encouragement. And basically, every other affiliate marketer in the world is going to be sending people directly to Frank Kern's offer. 
And it's going to go to his page, and it's going to be completely on his domain. There's not going to be anything at the top. Well, I get to send them there, and I get to be there with them the whole time that they're on that page. I get to be there, and it's kind of like picking Frank's arm up and putting it around my shoulders myself and saying, hey, man, this is uh, – you know, me and Frank, we're tight. I, I leverage this is right there. You can see the logo. You can see the special message that I created that follows you right there, stays with you right there to remind you that there's more than just what's on this page. And that more is my bonus. It's my thing that I'm giving that's in addition to. And it, when everybody clicked on that link, I also set up a retargeting cookie which is a, it has, you know, um, SiteRep has the ability to do. And now everybody that clicks on that link, no matter what they do, I can go back and retarget them all over the web, everywhere they surf. And that's pretty cool. So that goes way beyond just cloaking a link, right? You can't drop cookies on people just by cloaking a link. And so it's pretty powerful. Did I miss anything? Or are there other things that you guys have developed that enhance what I just described? We got more coming. Um, we've got a few things that will tie into Facebook and tie into some more social media. That if I tell you more, I'd have to kill you. That was you, my so question. Yeah. Actually, that was yeah. my question. What? So there, sometimes there's problems with going off of Facebook to the web. There are certain links that Facebook likes and certain links that they don't. And they've banned whole links. Like all of JVZoo is just banned from Facebook. You can't even talk about yeah. JVZoo. Just it's like Fight Club. Are there? And I don't know that this is going to solve that problem or not. Uh, because yeah. it's the, the, the force is strong with their hatred for JVZoo. But, um, <laughs> but in other situations, yeah. uh, it, it, would you be able to run Facebook ads, run them to your Leverages.com link, which is a site wrap link around an affiliate program, and yeah. Yeah. not have to run into as many of those problems? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things people are using SiteWrap for now is, is the ability to – remember, is the ability to bring people to your site and you're not dealing with that other link. So it makes it, makes it much better. And I'll tell you something else that you can do is, is YouTube. A, a huge opportunity is YouTube. And, and if you're, a lot of people may not know that you can actually make your own YouTube videos clickable. So if you want, if you want to send people to your own website to buy your stuff, you can actually say in the video, hey, click the video itself or, or put a little, little thing on the screen to say, buy my stuff. But you can't do it with an affiliate link because YouTube restricts the link to go only to your link, to sites that you control. It's called an associated link. Okay? Uh -huh. so, uh, so we give you the power to do that as well. So lots How of frustrating is that yeah. for everybody? Everybody listening, I, I'm sure a lot of you have tried this before. I, I want to take advantage of this linking feature. I want to put a video up that links people to somewhere other than my associated site. And, and it reminds you very promptly, you're not allowed to do that. You just can't. It won't let you. This is what Ken's talking about. You can actually be linking back to your site because in sense, that is exactly what you're doing is linking back to your site, which has wrapped within it the place that you formerly couldn't link to from your video, now you can. Brilliant. Yeah. It, it, again, it's, it's a combination of leveraging, I love that word, leveraging your time, energy, and effort for what you want to achieve. I mean, it really makes a big, 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 big difference. So you can take advantage of YouTube. You can take advantage of, of Facebook. You can take advantage of, of, of other people's content ethically and honorably. Uh, it it, it, we, we built this thing to help people build and market their businesses. And 
and, and how do we leverage the marketing of it? Well, we love to do webinars. We love to talk about it on the radio show. We love to, we love to do blog posts. We love to do, to do demos for the people. So you didn't try to go out and build your own audience for site rap from the ground up with like you, your mom, me, Gina, and we'd be your, all your four followers on, on Facebook and you would just build it from there. You immediately recognize that there are people gathered around a campfire like Leverage Masters and many other places in much, much bigger places and very, very perfect audiences just gathered around listening intently to the thought leader who brought them who cultivated yeah. that relationship, that did the equivalent of what you're looking at when you're starting from scratch of years of work. You could just go yeah. to see – you could go on those stages now. You don't have to wait until you've earned it. You earn it by having something of value to say. If you've got that thing of value to say now, now is the time to get in front of those audiences and don't think. And then retroactively – those audiences come over to you. Portions of all of those audiences start to come to your list and build your list. They come to your YouTube channel and build your subscriber base. They follow you on Facebook. They buy your products. But they do it. It's a, it's a flip-flop. You know, a lot of people wait until they've gone to some definition of earning it. I, no, I can't talk to this person. I haven't earned it yet. Well, hell, get over you know, some people <laughs> <Yeah>. all, <laughs> go completely out of business before they ever get to the point where they felt like they would have been able to say, I want to be on Gary Vaynerchuk's show. I want to be on, you know, I want to do something really big, but I'm going to have to wait nine years before I have achieved half of what they have, and then I'll be worthy to be there, which is completely That's, the wrong way to go. It's a self-esteem issue. So let me, let me give you this thought. You, would you rather go fishing with, uh, with a fishing line or with a net? You know, if, you, if you're going to go one by one, as like years ago when they tried to get me to be in the insurance business, they're like, well, talk to your, all your friends. Bullshit, talk to all my friends. Sorry. Okay. I want to talk <laughs> my to My friends suck at them. buying insurance. <laughs> right. I, I want to talk to the guy that's in charge of the Rotary Club. I want to talk to the guy that's in charge of the church group. I want to talk to the guy that's in charge of, of the, the corporate benefit department in, in, the, in the, the company that's got 1,000 employees. That's who I want to talk to. I sure as heck don't want to talk to every one of my friends. If I'm going to market any kind of a product, I'm looking, I'm looking to get to the list that's got all the people. That's what I'm looking to be doing because that's where I'm going to get the best bang for the buck, which is another word for leverage. So yeah. that's how I'm going to play it. And, and, if you're in, yeah, and if you're going to say to yourself, say to yourself, yeah, I'm not ready yet or I don't know enough yet, I did the I don't know enough stuff for a long time. I did, and it was, it was really stupid uh, because at the end of the day, you have a message. And even if you're not ready yet, you don't think you're ready yet, that's part of your message. It's like, hey, wait, wait a minute. And, and I'll tell you something I find fascinating. I've listened to a lot of podcasts that, uh, of people that run um, entrepreneurship podcasts. And what I found with all these interviews is that it's seemingly unanimously that every entrepreneur has this period of time, whether it's, whether it's permanent or, or has passed, of when they feel they're, they're an imposter of when they feel that they, that they don't qualify or that and that someone's going to find out that there really are nothing behind the charade. And I think all of us have that going on. So get over it. And if you want to be transparent and say, you know, I'm not sure, really, really sure I feel like I fit here, then let everyone else say to you, yeah, but you do, you know, and then get past it. Amy Cuddy, who, who, has, who uh, has, the I think, the second most watched ever TED Talk in history, says something. She says, fake it until you become it. And you can argue that point, but she didn't get to be the second most watched TED Talk in history uh, by accident. Great presentation that she gave. 
and I have on my whiteboard behind me her quote, fake it until you become it, because you got to step out and you got to be who you want to be. I was just, I was just going through an, an old PowerPoint presentation because you inspired me to look at some of the things I've done in the past, Jack, and there was an Oprah Winfrey quote that said, you can't become um, who you want to be by saying who you are, and I, I'm saying it backwards, but, but that's the bottom line. You can't be who you want to be by saying who you are. You just you got to you got to step up and step into who you want to be. So yep. if you want to put yourself out to do a radio show, I mean, if you found someone interesting, you'd interview them. I know the two of you. You know, if you find somebody that's interesting that shares that shares a message that that you find fascinating that you want to share, you you'll interview them. And even if they're broke, you'll interview them because they bring something to the table. So. So yeah. that's it. If you guys, if you have a message listening out there, if you got something that is super cool, hey, talk to any of us. I mean, if, if, if we might do an interview for you. I'm doing a new, new podcast coming up from Fusionsoft users. Love to have you. Because you never know what's going to come of that. You know, I, I, most of the time yeah. when I put something on, on a webinar, it's because I find it fascinating and interesting, and I want to share it with my audience. A lot of times I make no money with it. A lot of times it's like, oh my gosh, what have we done? But it's cool stuff that I think people need to hear. And and that's a great way to curate things and that's also a great way to build your audience. So leverage that. And and I, I really hadn't thought, Jack, about the point of people not feeling comfortable with stepping out of, of who they are. Um, so I, I think it's an important thing. I mean, we built software and we've gone in the software business and I never I never thought of myself as a software guy. I never thought of myself as a trainer. I never thought I could, you know, I, I never gave myself that credit, but damn it, I'm good. Yeah, a lot of people probably look at you and go, you've always been a software guy. If they run into you from SiteWrap or the Infusionsoft stuff, that's the first time they're coming in, oh, he's a software guy. And they have no clue you're not a software guy. I mean, you are now, but you didn't have any idea. And everybody who's something now had no idea they'd be it until they became it. Right? That's true. And well, one yeah, of the things I do in the book is I, I, I talk about how, uh, I, I just take people through an exercise. What do you think you're going to be listening to next year at this time? What kinds of people do you think you'll be talking to next time this year? Because you have a big plan, and you've got 12 months, and you probably think you're going to get most of the stuff done on that list of things to do over the next 12 months. And if you do, you're going to kind of be a different person. You're going to be more, um, more recognizable in your market. More people are going to know you. You're going to have a bigger list. And what are you, how would you even walk around the world with that knowledge? Would you stand up a little straighter? Would you be, yeah, I'm the guy that did that thing. Yep, that's me. And then, so what's stopping you from being that now? There's so many things. I mean, you can't instantly have 5,000 sales of your product. But you sure can walk around feeling like the guy who has done that or is about to do that. That feeling is a big deal. And there's a lot of things you can do. You can listen to the best podcasts right now. You're worthy of listening to the biggest and best marketing podcasts or any other stuff that's in your niche. You're totally, and you're also worthy of contacting the people who are the thought leaders of those things right now. You can just say, hey, I'm a big fan. I really love what you talked about on the show, and just leave it at that. You don't have to ask for something every single time you contact people. That scares you. Hey, the pressure's off. <laughs> you don't have to do it. Just start making relationships and start being that person you think you're going to be next year anyway. Do it now. There's so many ways to do that. The sales will come. You can't do that right this second. You can't have 5,000 sales in the bank right now. 
You can have it sooner, though, if you start yeah. acting like the person you're going to be that you know you're going to be next year at this time. Just remember, every master was once a disaster. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, if you, you know, be human, make the mistakes, just get it done. But if, you wait to, if you're going to wait to be perfect, it ain't ever going to get done. Listen, I, ha- I had to have site wrap version 0.998 before we could get to version 1.0, before we could get to version 2.0. There's got to be something that you can create. Um, and the longer you wait to get it perfect, the most likely is you're going to ever have the product out to market. And that product is you. So just And there were bugs in 998. <laughs> oh, shut up. But you got it out there anyway. You couldn't, you couldn't <laughs> find did. those we bugs. Did. You had to release it for people to find those bugs, and then you could yeah. come back and fix it. Exactly, and every and it's funny because I, you know, I, I'm new to the software business, and so I'm a, and I'm a big perfectionist. Everyone's laughing at me. All, all the guys that know software, they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's all good." You know, and I'm like, "But really, no, they're no, it's fine. Just get it out because you're gonna fix it. So just do it." You know, and I'm like, "But it's gotta be perfect." No, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just get it out. Um, so that's <laughs> we are out, out of time, guys. Another incredible show. Oh man, you're you're a buzzkill, girl. I know. What can I say? Well, for everybody listening, go to joindu.com slash site wrap to see what we talked about today um, in detail. See everything about site wrap. It's really, really awesome. Everybody should be running it. There's not a single business. I can't think of a single instance where somebody shouldn't be running site wrap. Uh, for all of the different value that we talked about today. So go check that out. And Ken, where else can people run into you? Uh, iBoostify.com is our homepage. And you'll see me a lot. iBoostify. I-B-O-O-S-T-I-F-Y.com. And uh, you'll also find me if if you're listening to Motivational Profit, which is one of the great DU courses. Um, Go to to session number 10. It's fabulous. Um, and um, hang out with us. It's fun. Well, thanks, Ken. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Gina. A pleasure being with you guys, as always, and um, I hope hope everyone got some value out of our time today. today. Well, thank you so much, Ken, and we will be back same time, same place next week for yet another episode of Leverage Masters here on Blog Talk. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks again. Bye, guys. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.